You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose. And now drops it, Kane shoots, trickling puck, Nordstrom reaches out with his left leg and kicks it away from Lynette. That was going in. In tight, Huberto trying to go back into forehand, they score. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. The Flames win it! Yeah, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yeah, it's Wednesday. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio. In the afterglow of a crap sandwich, that was that 4-3 overtime loss to the Boston Bruins last night down at the Dome. That one hurt. That one really hurt last night. When you absolutely dominate Cave in the best team in the NHL all period. all Not all period, excuse me, all game. And then you lose. That was a tough pill to swallow. You almost came back in the third period for the first time this season against, once again, the NHL's best team. A team that will set records for the amount of regular season wins and points they're compiling. And yet the Flames lose 4-3 in overtime. Four seconds to go Charlie McAvoy scores the winner on a gorgeous pass from Patrice Bergeron, who quite honestly was kind of invisible throughout the entire game because the Flames spent the entire time in the Bruins end. But they, they were getting outplayed by the Flames' fourth line. That's what the Flames are going with. Proportions of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Milan Lucic had a couple great, great A. Like, again, grade-A chances. Um, and then Lena Salmark, I don't know where... I don't understand the bell scale, but he made a couple 10-bellers. I still don't understand the 10-bell scale. But um, he was fantastic last night. Obviously, the front-runner for the Vesna Trophy. And he showed it. Yeah, he, this Western Canada trip locked it up. Yeah, he literally just stole that game away from the Calgary Flames. There's one thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way last night after the game. Mm-hmm. It's Bruins coach Jim Montgomery saying he felt bad for the Flames. Shut up, Jim. It's professional sports. Take your pity elsewhere. Well, we feel bad for the Flames. Oh, really? Yeah. Then, Jim, why don't you put your fourth line out there in overtime if you felt so bad for the Flames? Yeah, exactly. Come on, Jim. Come on, man. Uh, I hate that kind of stuff. Bruins didn't post that clip. Couldn't find that one this morning. Yeah, I, saw it, one I just saw it got, on the Twitter last night. I know, but my point being, even the media people yeah. were like, maybe we don't want this one to get out there and, yeah. and be a meme. Maybe like we it. just don't. Yeah. So we got to tweet it out instead. Uh, that one that one really stung. We'll be all over that game all morning. Uh, your chance to win tickets again today, which is exciting. Just giving away stuff, left, right, and center. Yeah. Um, two tickets to the Cowboys wing-off. The fifth annual wing-off in support of Calgary Kids Sport, goes down Thursday, March 9th. We have a pair of tickets to give away on the text line, 960-960. Of course, to win, you got to attach your name and location. Although we don't do that here. Um, the Flames hurt me last night more than blank. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. That's the, that's, that's the topic today. 960-960, name and location. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. Because that was a bitter pill to swallow last night. 
That was a kick right right in the pills, as our yeah. friend Brent Cron has said before. Yeah. Um, can you explain to me one thing? I would love to. Uh, you and I haven't played in the National Hockey League. Can confirm. But can you explain to me why Nikita Zadorov is going out of his way to unleash a monster body check when his team is trying to kill a penalty late in the third period, clinging to a one-goal lead? And not only a regular penalty kill, but a four-on-three penalty kill. And if you actually look in the numbers in the National Hockey League, it's actually easier to score on a four-on-three power play. Oh, for sure. Than it is on a five-on-four, and it's not even close. Can you explain to me why Nikita Zadorov felt the need to try to explode somebody on the blue line to take himself and his teammate out of the play, which ultimately led to the tying goal? George, I love being able to answer life's questions for you, but on this particular instance, yeah. I have very little to offer. Um, that was not the decision to be made, needless to say. Yep. And, yeah. Coming off a rough weekend for Big 16 as well. Did not like seeing that late. And he also got walked early in the game. Again. Again. By Charlie Coyle. Yeah. It's not like it was David Pasternak or... No. It was Dennis Malgan on Saturday. Dennis bleeping Malgan. Uh, Much like Bucky bleeping Dent uh, years ago for the Red Sox. Um, Our producer, Patrick Dumont's banged up today. He's not here today. Mm -mm. Like, we wish him the best. Uh, GVP... Uh, is in pinch hitting because Alex is like Alex is the you, the Swiss Army knife, and it's apropos because he's a fan of the Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a Swiss Army knife of the show. He jumps back and forth from being our technical director to our producer. He's producing today, and GVP is back um, behind the board wearing his Calgary Flames hat. And GVP actually played hockey at a pretty high level. Yeah. So can you explain to us GVP why Nikita Zadorov felt the need to blow somebody up trying to kill? a four-on-three disadvantage with, you know, a few handful of minutes left in the game? Uh, honestly, I can't, to be okay. honest. But that's just never the play you want to make there. Um, mm. I played junior B, so, like, that time, that, that happened quite a bit where you just <laughs> want to take another guy's head off. We had some guys who would want to do that. But, you know, in the national level, national hockey league level, probably not the right play there. If you're yeah. up by four goals, then... Sure. Sure. Yeah. Fine. By all means. Yeah, but it's a situational awareness, situational awareness, yeah, type of thing that is frustrating because it's been a problem for this team a lot this year. Like I would even look at the overtime goal and say it's kind of the same thing. Two guys are on behind the goal line. Well, and one guy's fleeing the coop. Like I know everyone's ripping the guys for chasing behind the below the the goal line, but what's Lindholm doing? I'm sorry, but. Yeah. The dude is cherry-picking for a chance. There's four seconds left in the period. Get back and pick a man up. Yeah. So everybody lost their man. It looked like they looked up at the clock, saw 17 seconds offensive zone draw. This thing's either we're winning it or we're going to a shootout. And Brad Marchand said, nah, screw that. We're winning this thing in overtime right now. And he took the shift over. I had a tweet holster ready for that game last night. A good one? It was in the drafts. It was holstered, and I was and I was about to write and send out that hey, the key to Markstrom is just not face the first shot on gay uh, first shot on goal, and he's golden. Yeah, because he was great in relief of Vladar. That save like, he made in overtime was you can't preposterous. Blame, you can't blame Markstrom at all for last night's loss. He was good. Look at the goals, backdoor tap in for Zaka. Yeah, and then the overtimes, same deal. Same deal. I had it holstered. As long as he doesn't face the first shot, he's fine.
because uh, when the Bruins far and away gave up the most shots on goal this season, and it wasn't even close, and the Flames almost outshot them 3-1 to one last night. And yeah, the Bruins looked a little uh, weary there on the back end of a back-to-back, which is fine. But they absolutely caved in the best team in the NHL, the Stanley Cup favorite, Boston Bruins. And that's something that you and I have talked about all season. And I know we get a lot of negativity on the text line saying, oh, this team stinks, uh, whatever. You watched that game last night, and you can't tell me that is. And I know it's it's going to be a struggle just to get into the playoffs. But if this team all season has had just not even good goaltending, average goaltending, they could even be first place in this division. Oh, for sure. When you look at the disparity between first and fifth, it's yeah. not like they're in the same division as the Bruins who are knocking on 100 points right now. Yeah. Like, they easily could be yeah. there. Like, the, the, two, the two goals Vladar let in last night, oh. and you and I were at the match last night, that he was deep in his net, and that's a confidence thing. And I thought Lou brought up a great point. He talked to us during the intermission, and he mentioned it on the post game. Ever since Dan Vladar was given the keys to kind of like take over the number one job. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been the same guy. He hasn't. It's a lot easier when, and again, it's much like the backup quarterback. I'll even go in the CFL. Uh, people are pining for the backup quarterback. Oh yeah. Wait till he gets in there and he's going to make a difference. Same thing with Dan Vladar. Well, Dan Vladar got his chance and he hasn't been good. Uh, last night he was not good. And again, and Daryl Sutter which kind of surprised me that Markstrom came in in the second period because he noticed that, yeah, we can't let these goals in because the Flames had no business trailing after one period last night against the Bruins and Vladar. I don't know. Should he have that Orloff goal to open the scoring? The first one? Yeah. Like he's allowed to walk right down Main Street. It's way too easy for him to get through the neutral zone. The gap isn't very good from Dennis Gilbert, but that's one that you look at and you say you can't. You want to stop there. Yeah. Like, once again, I go back to what Jacob Markstrom said after the game on Saturday when he allowed the goals in the first two shots. Yeah, you, you'd love to face a a muffin from the point or a, a flank shot off the rush with no chance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that's not the way it goes. And that's not what he faced on the first shot. But that one wasn't like a... You don't look at that like Austin Matthews coming down and, and that sneaky little wrist shot through traffic. Like that's one where he went, you kind of at least wanted to have a little bit more of a chance on it. Yeah. It was too easy. Yeah. It was, uh, he wasn't very good. Markstrom was exceptional um, in relief. Uh, you really wanted that win last night for the Calgary Flames. And all of a sudden you're staring at a game with one of the best teams in the league who continue to rework their roster on the edges. The Toronto Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas on an absolute heater right now with trades. You like all the memes with the phones? Yeah. 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 I know. Like we, we get it. We, there was, he got caught at the draft talking on two phones at once, which is great multitasking, by the way. I have a lot of appreciation for that. Frankly. Um, the Leafs are one of the best teams in the NHL that I'm sure, um, that atmosphere at the Dome on Thursday is going to be electric. It's always there's, fun when the Leafs come to town. There's going to be a lot of blue sweaters in the stands on Thursday night down at the Dome. It'll be very emotional. And if you can somehow find a way to beat the Leafs, you take three out of four before the deadline against the Bruins and the Leafs, that's pretty damn good. 
And I don't know, watching that game last night, and again, I, I saw a text four games in six nights for the Bruins. That's just the reality of the NHL. Every team has to go through these things. The Flames had to go through this early on in the season. There's a ton of teams that have come yes. through Calgary and played the Flames on the fourth yeah. night or the third right. game in four nights and have not looked like the Boston Bruins yesterday. Right. And again, uh, it's a short flight from Edmonton to Calgary, too, by the way. It's not like they came from yeah, the it, East Coast to play the Flames. Last it was night. like Flame. Sometimes Calgary will go to Seattle or Denver in a back to back. Yeah. That's worse. Yeah. Um, but you watch that game last night and you see the potential of this team. And it has to be so frustrating as a Flames fan because you see the potential. And again, we, we keep hammering on the goaltending, but that's what this is. Like this, it's the goaltending's fault that this team is not in a playoff spot. It's as, it's as simple as that. You haven't gotten NHL average goaltending this season. That's why you're fighting for the playoffs. And we keep talking about how wide open the Western Conference is. Outside of the Avalanche, you look again like a complete and total buzzsaw. And you want to avoid them at all costs. Because in the words of, uh, was it Daryl Sutter said it last sure year? It was. It's just a wasted eight days when you're playing the Colorado Avalanche. But everything's wide open. And if you see the effort the Flames put through last night. And how they were rolling line after line at the Boston Bruins. Even the fourth line. Even Milan Lucic. With a couple of those chances where he rang the post and had Allmark beaten, and somehow Allmark held, and then he stoned him the next with shift. the glove. Walker Dewar was flying out there last night. I he thought was great. he was really good. The backland line once again was great. That was a bit of a soft call on backland, but they're going to call that in today's NHL. He gets the hand in right. Like can't do that. It's one of those where you like, did it affect the play? Are they going to call it? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. And that ultimately led to the tying goal. But just the flames kept coming and coming and mm-hmm. coming in waves last night. And every line was good. Huberto looked good last night. I'm really intrigued to see what the rest of the year looks like. Because I feel like we've seen a, a difference since he started playing with Pelche. And the way that you saw number 49 get so fired up. Because he knew that it wasn't his goal and it was Jonathan Huberdeau's. Yeah, how he pointed at him. Emphatically. Yeah. And then the shot of him hyping him up on the bench after. Yeah. I was like, this this is what this guy needs. Yeah. So that's been good to see. That's been a slight positive. They were flying around there yesterday for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's been a lot of uh, fire the coach speak on our text line on social media. You watch a game last night and you see the effort the team put forth I I don't know how you even remotely point the finger at Daryl Sutter and he's actually implemented these young guys who people were pining for outside of course of Matthew Phillips but move Jacob Pelche up in the lineup he has he's been effective play the young guys a little more Walker Dewar again being on the fourth line but he's an impact player he's been an impact player since he's been recalled here by the Calgary Flames. Skated over 12 minutes yesterday. That's significant for a fourth-line guy. Yeah, it is. Uh, He looked good, and the effort is there. If they hate the coach, fine, but they're putting forth the effort. It's not like some teams, when they go out there and you see they're playing coach-killing type of games. Like, I I watched it firsthand in Toronto when Mike Babcock, at the end of his leash, they were playing coach-killing games. Or they're like, we're tired of this guy. They want to get him out of here. 
That's not been the case with the Calgary Flames this season. The effort is there. To be top three in the NHL in shots for and shots against, that means something. And I know ultimately the most important status is the score, and I understand that wholeheartedly. But 57 to 20, you won't shoot the Boston Bruins. 57 to 20. Who had that? If somebody would have texted in yesterday, if if Patrick Dumas or you go, you know what? I think the Flames are going to outshoot the Bruins fifty seven to twenty. We would have laughed in your face yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah like that's going to happen. That happened last night down at the dome. And when it comes to the trade deadline, that's why I'm also torn when it comes to this team. Like, get yourself out of it. And by that, I mean Markstrom or Vladar, elevate your game and get this team into the playoffs. This isn't this isn't a hopeless situation. If you see that effort down the stretch here, this is absolutely a playoff team that can hang with a team like the Boston Bruins. Do I would I expect the Flames to beat the Bruins in a seven game series? Absolutely not. Could I expect the Flames to win maybe a series, maybe uh, heaven forbid, two series in this in this conference? How wide open it is? Maybe if the goalie gets hard, Jacob Markstrom plays like he did in the last forty five minutes of that game yesterday. Even Daryl talked about it last night. They need one of their goalies to get hot. That That's essentially what this is. Mm-hmm. You need a save. And it's not like the, the Flames are giving up these five-star, again, I don't know the the scale. Ten it's not like they're five giving star. up this fi- these five-star chances in front. They're not. Triple A. Yeah, they're not. They are not giving up these big-time chances. Again, back to this shot suppression. Top two team in the NHL giving up shots this season. Just you're getting these back-breaking soft goals, and this team still perseveres and fights back against the best team. It could be the best regular season team we've ever seen in NHL history. I feel like yesterday, if you had any, or if the group had the, not the group, if the front office maybe felt like they were actually going to start fielding some of these calls that Elliot Freeman and Jeff Merrick have alluded to that they're probably going to have to start receiving, Um, just because other teams are going to inquire when you're a team on the outside looking in, like what the Predators and the Blues have started to do. A game like yesterday makes me think, maybe we don't do anything. Maybe we hang tight. Maybe we tinker around the edges, grab third pair guys, fourth line type of guys, but don't do a whole lot. Don't spend a whole lot. Don't move any guys out because games like that, I think is what a lot of people had expected to see for the majority of the season this year. I think that's what expectations almost were. And you see a game like that this close to the deadline. Like you said earlier, like it's it messes you up emotionally because you don't know where to go. Is it a team that deserves a boost, some help? Not necessarily. Do they deserve to be ransacked and torn down to the core? Not necessarily. Yeah. If you can get in, you can get in, but it's going to be tough. Like, for instance, the the, the Avalanche, they've played dynamite yep. since the beginning of, of 2023. Today is the first time that they have a chance to make up an 11-point gap. It's taken them two months to make up an 11-point yeah. gap. It's hard, even though it's only, what, four or five points, the Flames find them out, themselves out today. Uh, five points entering action with the Winnipeg Jets losing in overtime yesterday. That's not necessarily easy to make up, but no. quarter of the season to go, you could certainly do it. Yeah. Um, Seattle um, now five points up on the Flames for third spot in the division. Uh, the 
birthday and they also have a game in hand. I don't even think that's out of the realm of possibility that they could potentially, even the Oilers, right? They've slipped lately, but I, I would expect the Oilers to be top three in this division. Seattle, Edmonton, and Winnipeg have all kind of started to slide a little bit here. Edmonton is, especially with the Ekholm acquisition yesterday. Yeah, which we'll get to in the morning report. I would I would expect the Oilers to be top three in this division. Seattle's the team I have my eye on that I believe will fade. They beat a bad Blues team last night, barely. I wonder what happens in L.A. now. Well, and we'll get to that trade they made last night to try to shore up their goaltending with a guy that I'm not sure is that good to begin with. They also did get Gavrikov. Yeah, they did. Oh, I'm upset. You're sad? I was I was so ready for the Gavrikov watch the on one, Friday. The 1 p.m. Gavrikov watch? It's like, great. And now Patrick Kane a, has a been A marginal dealt. defenseman that everyone's going to be like, oh, where's he going? Where's he going? Yeah. And Patrick Kane's return, I'm like, why do the Rangers just not do this and keep their assets and maybe not trade for Tarasenko? Well, they got both. Why not yeah, both? Okay. But Tarasenko's been meh. Yeah, he's but he's, he's Panarin's boy. Okay. I don't well, know. So is Patrick Kane, apparently. Can you measure friendship, George? That's a good point. I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> uh, we got a busy show. Uh, no Patrick Dumas. Alex Brody's our fearless leader today in the producer's chair. Um, he's crafted a show for us today. Um, Adnan Verk's going to join us at 7.30. Actually, I think Patrick booked these guests, but yeah, he did. Alex is the captain of the ship today. Mm-hmm. Adnan Verk, MLB NHL Network Analyst, host of the Cinephile Podcast at 7.30. Uh, we're going to ask him about the NHL trade deadline and also uh, Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Uh, Eric Francis, uh, the franchise, uh, Calgary Flames columnist, Sportsnet, no introduction and he has another edition of what's irking eric we had the chance to dine with him last night at the dome we did he is at the point now where he's jotting down notes on his phone yeah for when he joins us for his weekly hit he is a, a running tally what's of irking ideas. eric yeah. yeah which i appreciate that he puts forth the effort you know it's just good to know that he's getting like multiple instances over the course of a week that he yeah, can load that's up that's really angering him yeah yeah and then uh, at 8.30, exciting news yesterday, uh, Ryan Paul, tournament director, the Canadian, uh, the CP uh, Women's Open, will join us from Golf Canada. It's coming to here to Calgary next year. 2024. July 22nd to the 20th. Uh, let me try that again. July 22nd to the 28th, 2024 at mm-hmm. the Earl Grey Golf Club. Earl Grey. The CP Women's Open. Brooke Henderson will highlight it just ahead of the Paris Olympics where essentially the, they'll golf here and then they'll head to Paris to do the Olympics. Uh, we'll talk to him uh, later on at 8.30 because that's exciting news for the city of Calgary. because That's <laughs> a big time event coming to the city next summer. I'm fired up for this. Um, got to go to the Shaw Charity Classic last year the champions tour and was really like my first actual experience going and watching a golf tournament. And I had so much fun. So I'm equally excited for this one. Um, the, the number one thing that when you go watch professional golf live mm-hmm. is the sound of Always. how they hit the ball. It's, it's so much more Pierre mm-hmm. than when you and I hack it around the golf course. Hack is a great term to use. Yeah. Like you can visibly hear the hacking yes. occurring. Um, we're giving away tickets, 960-960 on the text line. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. The Rose Report is straight ahead. It's George. It's Matt. 
It's Alex. It's GVP. It's the big show. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's Wednesday. It's uh, a little dreary out this morning. Flames lose 4-3 in overtime to the Bruins last night. After shooting them 57-20. Lots on this uh, loss straight ahead. Matty Rose, Adnan Verk. Later on, Cinephile Podcast, NHL, MLB Network. Ask him about the pitch clock, the trade deadline, but more importantly, a review of Cocaine Bear. Eric Francis, the franchise at 8 o'clock, 8-10-ish. She's playing hockey this morning. So he'll join us at like 10 after 8-ish. A little 7-HL. And uh, he'll, he'll have another edition of What's Irking Eric. Last week, he talked about how uh, please stay in your car for your parent dropping your children off at school. Please keep the <laughs> with, flow of traffic little moving. Susie? Yeah, like just boot little Susie out of the car and let her get into the school. You literally get to see her all the time. Get rid of her. And, the, her tournament, the, car. and the tournament director of the CP Women's Open, Ryan Paul, is going to join us at 30. He's coming to Calgary next summer, which is really exciting news. Really exciting News. Uh, what's also exciting is the show's live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. And uh, we're also giving away some tickets. A pair of tickets to the fifth annual wing off in support of Calgary Kidsport down at Cowboys. It's next Thursday, the 9th. And we're asking you on the text line 96960. The Flames hurt me more last night than blank. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. 96960 name and location. Some good ones already rolling in on the text line as you guys usually do, because you never disappoint us. What's never disappointing is the Rose Report. And it's brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose mm-hmm. Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Yep, good morning, friends. Uh, happy hump day. Halfway there. At least if you're listening to the podcast at lunch on Google, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast, George. In today's report, yeah, uh, Flames and... Fl- <laughs> Thank you. Flames and Bruins recap. Rebound to Pelche, and Omar stops him as well. This guy's out of his mind. Plus, we have a breakdown of the other nine games. We'll look at the sixth tonight. We'll get into all the deals. Toronto right in the middle of it. Everything is happening. Plus, Edmonton beefing up, tons of movement around the league, all that, plus Jays, Raps, Wranglers, and a local golf note, too, and just added an NFL note, so let's get after that, too. No lineup changes for the Flames yesterday, except between the pipes, Dan Vladar got the start. No surprise after Jacob Markstrom had missed practice earlier in the week, following the birth of he and his partner's first child, but the rest of the... But the rest, pardon me, was relatively brief for the veteran goaltender. We'll get to that in just a moment. Flames had the Bruins on their heels to start the game. Zadorov stepped up on Brad Marchand. He had to fight Trent Frederick as a result. That came in the opening minutes. Calgary continued to build momentum after, but it was actually Boston who found the back of the net first. Here's a shot by Orlov, and he scores. For the second straight game, one shot and one goal for a Flames opponent. Dmitry Orlov gets his first as a member of the Bruins. Acquired via trade over the weekend, Dmitry Orlov waltzes through the neutral zone, steps into a wrist shot. Way too easy. Beats Dan Vladar, flames down 1-0 mm. early on Orlov's fourth. 
I felt like there was a bit of an odor to that goal. Yep. I like, don't disagree. Like it wasn't it didn't stank, but there was a bit of a bit of a stench to it. Just just a little bit. It's starting to turn. Yeah, it was. Cuz I'm like, "Ooh, you got to have that one." And of course, you look at the shot clock and it's the first shot on of a game. I it is unbelievable how that keep keeps happening to this team. Yes. Like it, no, it, it it straight up is like it, it has to be a statistical anomaly that I this keeps happening to the Flames. Like eight times this year now, I think is the number that we're no, at. Like Markstrom himself has led in the first shot in seven times, which and is that was just mind blowing. Yeah. Mm, fair but enough. again, it happens, and it just feels like ugh, again the first shot on a on a on a shot that probably should have been safe, probably. Flames to kill a penalty. Had a brief power play. Continued to hold play, but Linus Olmark, man. Orov will take over. Sent it out to center to Lindholm. Makes a great pass. Huberto walks in. Deeks shoots and is stopped by Olmark. Tried for the five hole on the breakaway. Huberto later in the frame. But moments after that. Bruins win an offensive zone draw. Orlov shoots and scores. Dmitry Orlov with a slap shot from the top of the near circle. Blows the puck right by Dan Vladar. Oof. Flames outshot the Bruins 19-5. Outplayed them, but trailed 2-0 after 20 after the fourth and fifth goals of the season for Dmitry Orlov. Um, you, if you're at home watching or down at the Dome last night, you must be like, how are, how are the Flames trailing this game? Yep. I think there was a lot of people who felt that way. Yeah, because th- there, there was some juice in the building last night. It wasn't full by any means. But the the, best, the NHL's best team is in town, and I thought the I thought the Flames came out like they should have. They had some intensity, they had some energy, and again, suspect goaltending lets them down. And you and I were noting last night, Ladaro's in his again too deep in his net, and that is an instant indication of lack of confidence. One hundred percent. And and they and and I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, and they talked about it on the post game show last night, and Lou mentioned to us during the intermission. Ever since he's given handed the torch to be the number one or have a chance to be the number one on this team, Dan Vladar has not been the same. And that whole thing yesterday that, oh, he should play because it's his former team. Really? How, like, did you notice how intense he was last night playing his former team? Was that even, did that even? Like, I think it needs to be irrelevant mind? at this point. Yeah, it was irrelevant last night because he wasn't very good. Things like that are for teams that are either really bad or really good. Yeah. Not when you have playoff points but, on the line. But again, and we'll, we'll get to more of this game, but that's what makes this team so damn maddening is you can see the play on the ice and how they can dominate teams for extended periods of time. Like that game last night had the Arizona vibes to it. It wasn't close. When the Flames went into Mullet Arena and completely skated the Coyotes out of their joke of a barn. Like that's what the that's what the Flames did last night to the NHL's best team. The President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins, the Stanley Cup favorites, were completely skated out of that rink last night by the Calgary Flames. Yet, heartbreak, which you'll get to right now. In the second, Jacob Markstrom would lead the team out, replacing Dan Vladar. Dan had allowed two goals on five shots. Yes, George. Is that so- is that something Sutter does a lot? Because he Switches hasn't done goalies? that this season a lot. No, usually he... Not a quick trigger finger. He likes to kind of leave guys in. Hey, you, this but, is your bed. You made it. But it was totally the right call last night. Oh, you just watched Dan Vladar. He looked shaky the entire time from puck drop. Uh, perhaps the change gave the Flames a little bit of a boost. McAvoy grabs 
Gives it to Grizzly. He can't clear. Anderson holds it in. Walks in and centers. Coleman shoots and scores! Pick up that puck. Blake Coleman rips it past Linus Olmark for the 100th goal of his NHL career. Excellent play down the wall for Rasmus Anderson. Finds Coleman yep. in the slot. Makes no mistake. Beats Linus Allmark on the blocker side. 100 goals in the career for Blake Coleman. 13 on the season for number 20. Uh, real quick, too. We didn't touch on this, and it just jogged my memory. Uh-huh. Uh, the chance that uh, Majapani missed in the first period is, again, a microcosm of the flame season. That guy scored 35 goals last year. He doesn't miss a chance like that in the first period where he shot it wide when the net was gaping open. You mean this? The first period. Again, he gets to center and bumps it back to DeBrusque. Having a career year, and he's hammered! A double-teamer by Shapani Zidora. Now the Bruins score! No, that wasn't No, it. not that one. What was that? How come this all changed? My bad. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I know exactly the one you're talking but about. But Coleman with a nice other... setup. But he, yeah, it was he's... a nice setup. It was a nice goal. He was very good. That they, line immediately was, had an impact on the game. And they had a lot of chances as the period went on. A 2-1-1, Lucic to Dewar, to Lucic, and he's robbed by Allmark! You've got to be kidding me! Does bounce to Dewar, spins and shoots Lucic, again! Stopped by Allmark! Robbery! The left side centers, Huberto shoots, great save, rebound to Pelche, and Allmark stops him as well! This guy's out of his mind! Leaves it for Toffoli, who shoots and misses Hallmark's net. And he had the top half of it. And that's how the period will end. That Toffoli one is the period ended on the power play, too? Yeah, he had the top corner labeled. Oh, he it had was it open. Picked. He just missed it. And it, it's it's weird to me to see Linus Hallmark be that incredible. Because I've watched a ton of Linus, even live in Buffalo when he was a Sabre. He sucked. <laughs> and I know a lot of that was the team in front of him. I don't know what happened to this guy. I... He was unreal last night. And that Lucic save that Derek Apley called, Lucic did hit the post. And it and again, a microcosm of the flame season. He hits the post, it and in the schools, it just gets sucked into Almar. Doesn't bounce off his skate and go into that. No, no, no. It has to get stopped. And I thought Lucic had a great game last well, night. Well, and then he has the opportunity on the same shift where yes. he gets the puck in the slot, he raises it and everything, yeah. and it's right in the glove. I'm over sure the like pad. I'm sure that's the only thing that made Daryl Sutter smile as he was going to bed last night was the play of Milan Lucic. Um also wanted to mention this for people who are saying, Oh, the Bruins three and four nights, yada yada yada. This was Jake DeBrusque after forty minutes of play. This is probably the most uh, you know, we've seen pressure on us, so it's one of those things that uh we just need to play our game in the third period, lock these two points down. You know, we've won, uh, found obviously lots of different ways to win, but uh, Linus has kept us in this game, and uh, we've been in the defensive zone pretty much the whole game. So it's not a fun game to be a part of, and uh, we'll do anything we can to adjust and fix it. Yeah, Bruins 32-0-2 with the lead heading into the third period. Let's see if the Flames could change it. And the Flames winless heading into the third period, which while trailing. Correct. Yes. No, that that's fact. And then in the third period, more chances for the Flames. A couple of instances that Calgary felt like there could have been maybe some power plays on. But nevertheless, they'd end up drawing even at even strength. And it plays the puck to Defoley. Flips it in front. Dune shoots and scores! Red Hawk, Dylan Dubé rips the puck just inside the far goal post. 17 on the season for Dubé, and you talk about puck luck. This one they got a little bit of luck on, too, because the saucer pass from Tyler Toffoli is gross, but Lindholm tries to knock it out of the air and misses. And it lands right in the wheelhouse for Dubé. He picks his spot. Boom. Tie game. Gorgeous. Uh, No, that made it 3-2. 
No, it was Jonathan Huberto that made it 3-2. Adriel get the puck in deep. He's in there on the four. Jackie steals it and centers it. Now Pelchier scores! Jacob Pelchier puts the puck into the Bruins' net. And the Flames, who are down two goals on four shots, have taken their first lead tonight. Actually ends up going off a of Bruins skating in the net, so it's Huberto's goal. But he looked like he did try to make that nice little pass against the grain. He yep. gets his 12th goal of the season, and I loved watching him on the bench with Jacob Pelche too. Is, is there anybody who gets more excited for goals than Jacob Pelche? No, and I love it. Every yeah. second of it. Like, And I talked about it yesterday, how McDavid looks miserable when he scores. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the complete opposite with Jacob Pelletier. The complete opposite. And and maybe that whole uh, playing with a French dude has meant something to Huberto, because it has. Because even Huberto last night made a c- couple gross passes that didn't end up in goals. Oh, the one to but, Tanev? Yeah, and, and even in the second period, he made an unreal little play between his legs. It's yep. like, more of that, Jonathan. That's what you were brought here to do. Let's see that creativity that we saw a ton of while you played for the Panthers last season. Later on, some penalties. Gilbert and Greer, uh, Denny Gilbert from Buffalo, and uh, I think his name's A.J. Greer. Mixed it up, some four-on-four, but then Backlund, maybe a bit aggressive on the reach, given a holding penalty, and late in the power play, the Bruins would draw even. Comes Hampus Lindholm again. He gets to center and bumps it back to DeBrusque. Having a career year, and he's hammered! A double-teamer by Shapati Zidorov. Now the Bruins score! Brutal break for the Flames as two of their guys got knocked down in a collision and the Bruins make them pay. Pavel Zaka scores the game-tying goal. Zadorov steps up for the big hit. Probably not the play at that point in the game. Guess who? Dmitry Orlov picks up the puck, gets the assist on the tap-in for Pavel Zaka. Third point of the game for the blue liner Orlov. Not much of a chance for Markstrom there. Tie game. Calgary could not get it done in regulation. The Bruins still have not lost in regulation when they score first this season as a result. Great overtime as well. Chances either way. At one point, Allmark lost his stick, but it was actually Jacob Markstrom who ended up having to make the tough stop. And now Anderson springs Huberto. We've got a two-on-one. Huberto tries to give it to Backlund, but Hampus Lindholm breaks up the pass and now springs Krejci. He comes in. Two on two with DeBrusque. Krejci steps in and shoots, and Markstrom flashes the leather and makes a terrific trapper stop. He was good in overtime. Yeah, he was. Uh, and you can't really fault him. Real quick on just the Zadorov play, and we talked about it yes. to start off the show. Yeah. You just got to be smarter in that situation. Yep. Like, you can't go out there and try to blow up a dude when you're killing off a four on three shorthanded situation. Nope. And then you knock your own teammate down, and then it's a two-on-one down low. It's in the back of your net, and you can't fall your goaltender. You just got to be smarter in that situation. And Nikita Zadorov, again, it's it's so... The highs are really high, and the lows are really low with this guy. You're getting on the roller coaster, George. And he continues to be that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, we, he's been... I would say a pretty consistent force, but for Daryl Sutter called him their best defenseman. What? Like halfway through the season. But even lately, like he's been why it's so frustrating watching that guy as a first round pick going, be more of the responsible guy. Like that hit on Marshand he had at the beginning of the game. Great. Awesome. Great. Like that's what you want to see from Zadorov. but you just got to be smarter in that situation. And even fresh off the game where he said, I got to be better. That, that game is on me. Well, then you make a play like that. You just have to be smarter in such a key situation. 
Uh, this one did go to overtime. Played yeah. the save after the, that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah well. Drops a shoulder, drives the net. It's a shot off, but it's wide of Markstrom's net. Now Marchand centers. Bergeron to McAvoy. He scores. Totally outplayed Oof. the Bruins. Lost 4-3. Leafs in town Thursday. Uh, very flamesy. Uh, allowed the first goal on the first shot of the game. Uh, totally outshot the opponent. Uh, did not score nearly as many goals for the chances that they had. Uh, penalties costing them in timely moments. And, of course, a loser point. Uh, timely because it's today. But um, if you're the Flames... This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Yeah. Um, you and I ran into um, Craig Conroy. Connie. Took an um, elevator ride with the big dog. Yeah. Um, and we just talked about really quickly as we were walking uh, to the press box upstairs. How many, if, if this team just wins three more games in overtime when it's essentially a coin flip, because that's what overtime is in the NHL. Yeah. It's fake hockey. Yeah. It's a skills competition. It is. And again, even last night, you dominate that overtime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was like the one time okay, they didn't dominate, sure. but. But they had chances. Further to your point, yeah. Yeah, yeah the yeah. Anderson shot easily could have went in. It was a nice low. It was back and forth for sure. It was a nice save by Allmark again, who looked unreal last night. Mm-hmm. But it's just something about when overtime happens for this team. It's like, here we go again. Yeah. Like, here, here's this malarkey of playing overtime again. That's going to really hurt us again. <laughs> oh. Uh, Son and, of a... And uh, 960, 960. I should have seen that one coming. You would never use malarkey. You <laughs> um, the flame. Why not? Um, keep it, keep it rolling in on the text line nine six. I'm going to start. Uh, keep it rolling in on the text line nine sixty. The flames hurt me last night more than blank. Your chance to win tickets uh, to the uh, fifth annual wing off down at Cowboys Casino next week in support of Calgary Kids Sport. All right, enough of the flames. Let's get into the trades. There was a lot yesterday. Uh, deadline might be boring, but we'll see. Uh, here's the deal. The New York Rangers finally have Patrick Kane. They get him at a $2.625 million cap hit because Arizona was the middleman. A clever post from Arizona on social media saying, thank you, Patrick Kane, with one of the jankiest photoshops of him in an Arizona sweater that you have ever seen. Uh, The Arizona Coyotes end up getting a third round pick out of it for retaining some salary. The uh, The Chicago Blackhawks get a second rounder that can turn into a first and a fourth round pick as well. Patrick Kane is on Broadway, George. Not surprised. And apparently, according to Freege, it was, it was, he was only going to ever go to the New York Rangers and arguably the greatest American player who's ever played in the league gets to play on the brightest lights in the NHL for the Rangers. In his home state. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I, again, I don't know how you can't like the deal for the Rangers, I thought that the price was surprisingly low compared to what we've seen so far during the deadline. And I know that second could spring into a first round pick, Mm -hmm. but whatever. I like it. And I think Patrick Kane, we've seen it lately here. Once they said, oh, your hip. And then he's like, oh, really? My hips hurt? I'm going to show you I'm Patrick Kane. (laughs) And they scored seven goals in three games. Yeah. And again, he's been electric. And the Rangers are a very fascinating team with that top six now. Uh, the Leafs were busy. Kyle Dubas moving and shaking. He gets Luke Shen from the Vancouver Canucks for a third-round pick in 2023. They trade Pierre Engvall to the New York Islanders for a third-round pick in 2024. They acquire Eric Gustafson from the Capitals and a first-round pick for Rasmus Sandin. What did you make of the day for Kyle Dubas? 
Yeah, busy. He basically totally revamped his defense and bought himself some cap space with the Engvall move. Uh, busy and surprising that uh, the giraffe, uh, Pierre Engvall, who has been super frustrating yet an analytics darling mm-hmm. in the city of Toronto, is finally gone, which is weird. He goes to the island where Lou Lamorello is. So Sweet Lou wanted Pierre Engvall on the Islanders. And it frees up a ton of space. And Engvall's been a guy who thinks he should play in the top six, but he's not a top six player. He kind of reminds me of like an Adam Rizicka when I watch him in a sense that like, I'm like, ah, I just want more. I know there's more there, but I want to see it more often. Um, But, and and again, the Leafs go out and get Luke Shen, which I'm sure you're going to get to in a second. Yeah, like just grab all the leaves here, third. pick your poison. Yeah, Luke Shen, Eric Gustafson. What's Again. what's what in your palate here? And we'll have Leafs guest on tomorrow. But to me, when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, much like it is in Calgary here, is your goaltending really going to stand up? Like I love the moves that they've done, and the team is a hell of a lot deeper. And Kyle Dubas has finally realized that I need to surround this core of players with guys who can get it done physically in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But do you really have faith in Samsonov that he can go there and beat maybe Andre Vasilevsky in a playoff series? Because obviously it's a coin flip rosters wise sure. between uh, the Leafs and the Lightning. But to me, the Leafs roster continues to be flawed, and here's why: you need a number, a true number one defenseman to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Just look at every single Stanley Cup champion. You just point out to the number one defenseman on that team. The Leafs don't have that guy. The Lightning do in Hedman. And the Lightning have Vasilevsky. Mm -hmm. And you don't necessarily need a great goaltender to win the Stanley Cup. You just need great goaltending. We just saw that last year with Darcy Kemper and the Avalanche. They just got good goaltending. That's all they needed to win the Stanley Cup. But ultimately, that might be the difference between the... the, And this isn't a surprise. If Andre Vasilevsky is Andre Vasilevsky, can Samsonov make enough saves for them or even Matt Murray to keep them in that series against the Lightning? You can make all the moves you want in the world, but it might ultimately come down to goaltending, which is the moves he made in the summer that you still question. Other moves uh, yesterday. The Oilers were also busy. Jesse Puliyarvi is finally out of the Oilers organization. Sent to the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, former third-round pick Patrick Puistola, the return there for the Oilers, mostly a cap dump move. I like that move by the Hurricanes. Here's why. I like it a lot. Puliarvi seems like he's a guy that either if this doesn't work here, he's going to be playing in Finland within the next couple seasons. But he was part of that famed line at the World Juniors with with him and Line A and Aho. Yep. Correct. And he's the guy that uh, was like, okay, this guy's going to be a stud in the NHL. And Aho was kind of the forgotten guy. And Aho was like miles better than both of those guys now. Maybe if they reunite him with his boy, Sebastian Ajo, maybe that lights a fire under him and, and does something for his career. Well, and but what, like, Ajo's it's, it's one of risk. what, like six Finnish guys on the Carolina Hurricanes? Yeah. And listening to Merrick and Elliot lately, they were saying that around the league, there's a lot of these Finnish guys who have been really pushing for Jesse because they're saying, listen, this everything that you hear about this guy is wrong. He's a great teammate. He's a good player. And in Edmonton, he did, he couldn't finish. He was getting chances. He couldn't finish. He was a bit of an analytics darling there, too. But I'm intrigued like to see move. what he I, I like what he low does. low risk, high, re, high reward. Plus, if it doesn't work out, fine. He's not going to play in their top six. He's going to be in their middle six. Maybe and they it give gives him a look a, with Ajo. I'm just saying. Maybe they give him a look. A little bit of room to maneuver because he's only on a $3 million cap it and you still have all that Max Pacioretty money to spend. The Oilers also got Matias Ekholm. This was the big move uh, coming after they dumped the salary of... 
employee RV. Uh, the Predators retained 4% of the salary here. How does that work? $250,000 for like the next whatever Echo three has. Years, three years. Uh, Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, a first round pick in 2023 and a fourth round pick in 2024 go to Nashville for this defenseman. I thought it was interesting that uh, Tyson Berry is apparently tight with Connor McDavid. And I thought Very that was close. interesting that they ended up trading Tyson Berry, who's actually been really good on the power play for them. It's another thing that Jeff and Elliot said that yeah. he was a darling in that room and they would have been yeah. surprised if Barry would be, get moved before the deadline. Here we are. But uh, Ekholm's a guy who struggled in that series against the Avalanche last spring, but everyone struggled against the Avalanche because they were such a wagon. Mm-hmm. As a Calgary Flames fan that you are, how much do you hate this deal? Oh, because exact- the Oilers got Ekholm. It's exactly what they needed. Like two a that is exactly what they needed. Do I think they need a lot more of it still? Yes. But this is kind of the, the exact type of player that I thought the, the Oilers had to go out and get. I would have loved if they had gone out and got Goss Despair or Eric Carlson. That would have just been mm, mint. But that's not the way she goes. So Instead, they actually make a shrewd move. And I don't think they're done. I think they're going to add to the blue line, too. I wouldn't blame them. I'd continue to try. Although the number of names continues to dwindle. Nick Jensen signed by the Washington Capitals. So he's off the board. Uh, and Vladislav Gavrikov traded. Vladislav Gavrikov and Eunice Corposalo go to the LA Kings. Jonathan Quick, a first and a third, the return there. Now, apparently um, a lot of brownie faces on the Kings after storming back to beat the Jets last night in a shootout. And apparently, uh, John and the Quick not happy that he was dealt to Columbus. Mm-hmm. And what even makes it more super awkward, he was on the flight home from yep. that Winnipeg game because the deal happened so late. And apparently, we'll have the official trade call this morning. But Corpusalo, is he like Corpusalo? It's not like you just acquired Dominic Hashik and you're really excited about the Kings. Yeah, I guess there's upside on Corpusalo, but. Is he that much better than Jonathan Quick? I know Quick struggled big time this season, and his save percentage is below 900, and Corpusallo is playing in front of a horrible team in Columbus. But honestly, is Corpusallo that much of an upgrade on what they have, even with Phoenix Copley? This is my least favorite move of yesterday. Without a doubt, it's not even close. Because I've talked about how I don't like moving goaltenders around year to year anyways, especially in season. And this is a situation where the Blue Jackets allow the third most shots in the league and the Kings allow the fifth least. Like, if you're talking about stark differences in styles of play, there probably couldn't be many more drastic changes for Corposalo coming into play for the LA Kings. And for the first time in, what, his entire career, he's actually going to have a little bit of responsibility like, there's going to be people relying on him to actually win games, yeah. unlike in Columbus, where they haven't been asked to win games forever. And you give up a first and a third. And I wonder about what it does trading away Jonathan Quick, who, as we've talked about, Quick not happy. I'm sure that Drew Doughty and Anze Kopitar, Kopitar yeah, were not happy. not happy. No. So, I don't know. I, I Like I said, least favorite move of all the ones made yesterday was this Could one. be potentially a positive for Calgary Flames fans. Sure. Definitely. From the at home, you're like, oh, I don't like that for Edmonton because it makes them better to, oh, I kind of like that move for the Kings. Yeah. And like we've talked about it. Gavrikov, like, all right, sure. Great. Sweet. Yeah. You're not acquiring, you know, prime Sergei Gonchar here. Calm down. (laughs) 
Are you sh- are you sure? Yeah. Can we check on that? Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens with Jonathan Quick in free agency because uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say he does not resign in Columbus. I'm going to go on a limb here. He's never a starting goaltender in the NHL. Oh. He'll sign as a backup. Well, that's fine. But I wonder where. Hmm. 37 years old. Yesterday's action, uh, a lot of games to get to. We'll just rip through some of the scores here. Uh, Ottawa beat the Red Wings 6-1. to one. That's a big one for Ottawa. Back-to-back wins over the Red Wings to keep themselves in the playoff race. Straight Can't... set, 6-2-6-1. Yes, sir. Saw Play... that tweet from Kyle Bukowski. Shout That's out, Kyle. Nice, clever. We love it tennis. Uh, Florida over the Tampa Bay Lightning, 4-1. to one. The Blue Jackets beat the Sabres 5-3. to three. That was the last game for the Sabres before they played six straight against teams in playoff positions. It's a bad loss. Did for the not Buffalo want Sabres to drop that night. one. Uh, we talked about the Kings. They beat the Jets 6-5 to five in a shootout. Anze Kopitar scored four times. And he was sad post-game. And he was really sad because he knew pants. about the trade. Yep. Uh, Minnesota Wild beat the New York Islanders 2-1. to one, That in a shootout. Pittsburgh beat Nashville 3-1. to one. That's a couple key points for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Seattle gets a couple key points as well. They got by the Blues by a 5-3 to three final. And a couple of Bedard Bowl specials. Uh, Coyotes over the Blackhawks 4-1. to one. The Canadiens got by the Sharks by a 3-1 to one final. Six games tonight. One, uh, one featuring Canadian teams, the Leafs and the Oilers. That'll go at 6. Other games that involve the Western playoff race, Coyotes and Stars at 6.30. Devils and Avalanche at 7 o'clock. Hurricanes and Golden Knights go at 8. You can also watch the Capitals and the Ducks or the Rangers and the Flyers. Jays split squad action. Yesterday, Ricky Tiedemann impressed. Two strikeouts and an inning of work while tickling 100 miles per hour on the bump. As the Jays beat the Tigers 6-4 to in one game, Tiedemann is their top prospect. In the other game, Jose Burrios got the start. The Jays battled the Phillies. Two hits against and two innings pitched. Two strikeouts and a walk in a mildly decent performance for Burrios for his First showing of spring training. They'll battle the Orioles today just after 11. Really quickly, I don't know how, if you watch what Tiedemann was throwing yesterday, oh my how goodness. you can't see this guy in the rotation breaking camp with the team. Like well, I, I he, know, aver- he I, averaged 98.4. I know they really want to push uh, Bizarro Kikuchi with his beard. <laughs> And, and be the number fifth, be the number five starter on this team. But man, Tiedemann looks filthy, and he's young. And I know he's super young, and you don't want to push him too much. But baseball's not like what it used to be. Oh, when he's 25, 26, and finally make an impact. No, this kid seems like the real deal right now for the Toronto Blue Jays. Are you are you saying that UC Kikuchi? This might not be him. This is Bizarro Kikuchi. Yeah, like he's got that he's beard. Like- he looks more evil. Yeah. All right, uh, NBA as well. Uh, can you re- recap the Raptors and the Bulls for us, George? Yeah, really quickly All right, here. here we go. Yeah, there we go. Big win for the Raptors, 104-98 over DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls last night. Pascal Siakam scoring 20 points. Gary Trent Jr. added 19, while OG and Anobi 17 points. Jakob Pertl had 14 as the Raptors won their fourth straight at home. And I love the signing of Will Barton, who was brought, who was bought out by the uh, the Wizards. Uh-huh. I like the extra shooting off the bench for the Raptors. Look, mm, it's too bad. Although the Raptors shot a putrid forty percent from the field yesterday. Well, they got to get Will Barton acclimatized, acclimat uh, used yep. to his environment. That's 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 the right word. NFL Kenny Galladay got released by the Giants, and Marcus Mariota got released by the Falcons. Which does that add any intrigue to the new quarterback uh, show this it summer? Adds me, it adds an intrigue because there's a lot of smoke around potentially Lamar Jackson being traded to the Falcons. Mm. That would be sexy. That's some smoke for sure. And you talk about a division with no quarterbacks now. The NFC South, like who's the who's quarterbacking? 
Who's going to be the quarterback of the Saints? Uh, Drew Brees? No. Oh. Who's going to be the quarterback? Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay? Woof. Tom Brady? Who's going to be the quarterback in Carolina? It ain't Cam Newton. Cam Newton? Oh, that That's was, what I mean. You stole my joke. And the Falcons? It's not prime MVP Matt Ryan with Kyle Shanahan as his, as his OC. No. <laughs> like, man, that division had a good sucks. run, eh? It sucks. It used to be good. Yeah, yeah it wow. sucks. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to wait for the draft. Maybe they'll draft some quarterbacks, George. I, if I'm the Falcons, I maybe look at trading for Lamar Jackson. Uh, local stuff. Wranglers will play the Coachella Valley Firebirds tonight. That's the Seattle Kraken affiliate. The top two teams battling the Pacific Division. And you need to finish first in the Pacific because that gets you a bye in the first round of the AHL postseason, which we're very much looking forward to. And uh, we kind of mentioned it in the opening segment, but the CP Women's Open is coming to Calgary in July of 2024 at Earl Grey. Really looking forward to this, and uh, we're going to chat about it a little bit later on in the show as well. Yeah, the tournament director, Ryan Paul, is going to join us at 8.30. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, I was texting with Adam Stanley as well. He's very excited to come to town and hit up some of our great restaurants. And uh, he also wants to have a chat about the players next week. Oh, okay. Awesome. So can we just write that down? Put yeah. that in our calendars? Sure. All Alex, right. Alex, you got that? Alex, you got that? On it, boys. All right. Bingo. Okay. And good night and good luck to you, uh, sir. Great stuff. The Rose Report brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, more on this Flames heartbreaking 4-3 overtime loss to the Boston Bruins last night. Uh, we're giving your chance to win tickets to the 5th Annual Wing Off down at Cowboys in support of Calgary Kids Sport. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. The Flames hurt me last night more than blank. And please leave your prison stories. Um... <laughs> I did see the one text. I'm I'm a little skeptical if the individual actually spent time in prison. Hmm. Um. I'm gonna have to find the text. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, not pleasant if that in fact happened to him at in jail. But uh, lots to come. Adnan Verk at 7:32. NHL Network, MLB Network, Cinephile Podcast. Ask him about the trade deadline and of course, Cocaine Bear. It's all straight ahead. It's the Big Show. Russell and Rose. Sports at 960. The fan.